What's up, Secrets family? Welcome to the Secrets Are Killing Us podcast. Listen, we're vulnerable, we cry, we laugh. We're honest so that we can heal, be healed, and set free from all those internal secrets. And you know we all have them. That's really been killing us. Come on and vibe with us, y'all. Get into the conversation. to another episode of the secrets are killing us podcast i am your host chris scott jr and i'm joined by my co-host anthony venser hey good people what's up and and i'm gonna let him introduce another co-host we have for tonight's conversation so and take the wheel hey well all right so you know guys we are building the conversations having more conversations and um bringing more people into the conversations to get different perspectives um, talk about different topics we haven't talked about. And one guest that we have on today, I call her my sister, my twin, separated at birth. Not only are we both blondes, we both brown skin, light skins, <laughs> but we even have um, similar, a lot of similarities that we found out recently in regards to the way we think, um, um, experiences and things like that. And I was just like, yo, we need to get you on a podcast episode for The Secret to Killing Us. And she was all for it. So Everybody, welcome Khalees on the line. Khalees, say what's up to the people. Hey, y'all. Khalees, we're so excited to have she you. So shy, y'all. She's nervous a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody starts off that way. But you know what? We just took a shot. And if mm-hmm. we have to, we'll take another one until you get loose. It will Listen, start until she loosen up and them curls loosen up. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say amen, but I don't know if you should say amen when you're talking about alcohol. Listen. <laughs> he turned water into wine, didn't he? Did he not amen. turn water into wine? <laughs> he said not to be drunk. He didn't say you okay. couldn't have a little sippy sip. He just said don't get drunk. Give us some take, It's going to take more than a couple shots to get me drunk on this thing. <laughs> But so, yeah, so we're together and with Khalees and we're going to have a conversation and talk about some things. So Chris, what would you guys say? No, I was just saying we're excited to have you because we're talking about love in the midst of a pandemic. And so Aunt and I, and no, the three of us, excuse me, we had a conversation on Clubhouse and for everybody, including me, mm-hmm. who didn't know what Clubhouse was two weeks ago. It's <laughs> like a, I would describe it as like an audio Zoom. Like it's just yeah, a it's a topic and people will just go off and we talked about dating during the pandemic, and um I, you know I texted Anthony I said well we should talk about dating during the pandemic, and he said well I don't want to talk about that because we already talked about it, <laughs> so then what I had to do is find another way another angle and he was creative creative enough to talk about uncles coming on and talking about being married during the pandemic so I said sure. That, see, that's what you do in relation. You compromise. See, yes. I brought something, hey. he brought something, and we met in the middle. Even though the truth is that I came up with the topic, but I'll let you have it. You know, I came up with the topic. You you decided you wanted to continue. I was like, mm, let's not, but we'll act like it was a compromise. Okay, we'll do that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we had a good time um, during cocktail conversations. So cocktail conversations was is something another friend of mine is doing. So mm-hmm. we believe in supporting our friends and black businesses and ventures that um, other people are doing. So one of my friends, Unique, um, says she wanted to have a clubhouse conversation um, about it. And she calls them cocktail conversations. And it was a really, really good conversation where we got to uh, become the secrets of killing us on, <laughs> on the cocktail conversations. And Chris and I was 
we um, we were moderators and then we just started asking more questions yes, as y'all know uh, for all of our listeners we love to talk and we will ask more questions and get more perspectives and then Khalees joined and she shared her perspective and Chris was like I like her yes I, let's have her on the podcast I said that's the same one I told you about yes. and he was like okay I like her let's do it can we do it next week I was like well I asked her yes. and then here we are now I love and- it and that's how it, when when I get when I get excited about something, it's like, how can we do this right now in this moment? Let's just do it. Um, so, Clay, thank you for so thank you so much for you know agreeing to join us in this conversation. I'm excited to talk to you. We had a back and forth on a clubhouse, but for, for a minute, it felt like it was just me and you. And I was like, all right, we got to talk more. We got to talk more. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, listen, I'm excited for any time that I get to jump on and give my opinions and and be vulnerable and be open and transparent. Like that's my favorite thing to do. I probably talk too much to too many people. That's probably my biggest flaw, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm here for it. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm excited. All right, so that's a good segue. Before we- You wanna give anybody any background on you? What you say? No, no, go right ahead. Ooh, um, sure. I was gonna say, do you wanna uh, give anybody any background on you? Yeah, um, well, I mean, I'm a mom of two. I have a son with autism severe autism to be exact. Um, I have a nine-year-old daughter who acts just like me. So y'all go ahead and stretch your hands out in my direction. I will receive all prayers at all times. <laughs> Fear fingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am an avid church girl. I just, I have, I got saved when I was 15 and I have been going to church heavily ever since then. Um, and right, probably about maybe, I don't know, four or five years ago, I started heavily speaking um, in my women's group for my church um, and just uh, fell in love with public speaking and encouragement and um, ended up falling more into the space of like self-love, self-care, self-empowerment kind of talks. Um, I love reading. So everything I read typically has something to do with self-love, self-care, something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, and I guess to the point of the topic tonight, I just recently got married. <laughs> so now- Um, Now I have been married before. I was divorced. Um, I got married pretty early in life. Um, And we can probably, I'm sure we'll segue into that at some point in the conversation, but I got married early, uh, divorced fairly early. Um, But then, you know, during life just happening and co-parenting, actually my ex-husband is like my best friend. So one of my best friends. So uh, kind of living life and just experiencing things, I was able to discover who I truly am. So when it came time to meet my husband now, mm. it's a lot easier to transition into marriage, knowing who I am and what I need. Right. So, so yeah, that's me. So I can honestly say- That's awesome. <laughs> this clearly won't be the last time on this because there were so many I, topics we could talk about I just in that introduction <laughs> The entire time she was talking, no, so, I mean, okay. That's why I started smiling. <laughs> so, and and I'm a really some footage, but in this moment, like the way Ant was looking at me and my Will Smith, and I was looking at him, looking like a proud big brother, just sitting there rocking and smiling, just like. So yes, so listen. So listen. Before we jump to the topic, I always uh, we always like to ask these ten questions, just random. Um, just to get, you know, the juices flowing and your shoulders relaxed and everything like that. So for in just first thing to come to your mind, don't think about it, just spit it out. All right. Okay. All right. First question or another question, fill in the blank. 
Vulner vulnerability is what? Strength. Strength. Okay. What is the first thing you do when you have to do something brave? Second guess it. <laughs> Good answer. Okay. Um, something people get wrong about you. That I'm unapproachable. Really? Yeah. I have I'm really so bad, shocked by that one. I have really bad resting bitch face. Like it's really uh, bad. Uh, <laughs> so people think I am like uh, super mean at first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um the last show you binge watch. Ooh, the last show I binged watch. Well, I'm not done with it yet. Uh, but Criminal Minds has been like my thing. I want to start that so bad. So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um Favorite movie? If it's on, you don't care what part it's on, you don't skip it. Oh my goodness. Anything Tinkerbell. Ooh. I know it's bad. It's bad. I the cartoon? Be... Yeah, like this, the Tinkerbell, ser Tinkerbell series that they have going on. I told you, we are literally twins. My favorite one is The Secret of the Wings. Don't judge oh me. Oh my gosh, when she finds her twin! I told you. <laughs> they just had a moment, yeah. They we just are just alike. alike, I'm trying to tell you. We are just alike. I love it. <laughs> I love it. She's a frost fairy. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> um, a concert you'll never forget. Oof, Janae Aiko. That's a good one. I love her live. Um, when was that? When did you see that concert? Uh, probably the year before. Um, so 2019, maybe, I think it was. She was phenomenal. I love singing. I love all things music. And she... She spoke to every part of my soul. If I could, if I would, if my husband let me, Janelle, my girlfriend, I just need to. <laughs> and you don't have to edit that out. Go ahead and tag her when this is posted. Okay. Are we, are we tagging her in that way? Um, your your favorite meal. Ooh, favorite meal. Um. Okay, this is really corny. I know it's really bad, um, but I love salads. Any like super good salad, like a Greek salad, anything super refreshing like that, I love salads. Now this is the you, part where we not- You were right, <laughs> yeah, you were right. That is- yeah. You're on your own with that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the California girl, is that- yes. <laughs> um, What's on your nightstand right now? What are you reading? Ooh, uh, so actually there's two books. I'm bad, y'all. I can't just read one book. I have like, my brain splits into two, it's a problem. So Chris. there's one book um, from, goodness, why am I blanking on his name? Um, Max Licato has a book about anxiety. It's called hmm. Be Not Anxious or something like that. Super good. Um, during the pandemic, I'd highly recommend it because I dealt with severe anxiety through the pandemic. Um, hmm. So that was really helpful for me. And then I'm reading this other book called The Patient, The Silent Patient. It's like a fiction book, but it's really good. It's about a chick that kills Chris, Chris is looking up the anxiety one right now. Yes, I am. So I good. know him. I know. It's, so good. <laughs> it's so good. I'm curious okay. about it now, now that you said it. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Give me an ordinary moment that brings you joy. Oh, an ordinary moment that brings me joy? This is gonna sound super corny to you. Um, I get so much joy in the mornings when my kids and my husband wake up and they're just like that first fresh 
breath that they take, like just knowing, okay, we're here. We're, we are in the moment. We have all woken up. We are all graced with another day. They might come on nerves five minutes after that first breath. <laughs> guaranteed after that five minutes, I'm like, oh God, when are they leaving? You know, but. <laughs> Go lay back down. Right. Go back to sleep. (laughs) That first five minutes, like I walk through my house when I get up and I'll go check on the kids. And when they first wake up, I just love it. And and me being the first thing that they see when they wake up, that brings me a lot of joy. I like that. That's not corny at all. I like that. Really not. I'm sitting over here like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And the last question is, in this moment, what are you deeply grateful for? Oh, goodness. Um. You know what, in this exact moment, I am extremely grateful for supportive people. Um, I, I would have to say that uh, in my life, I have been disappointed by people a lot uh, and people that I would have anticipated to be people that should never um, disappoint me. And that's a whole other conversation about having un, you know, unrealistic expectations of humans. But um, but I would say right now, I have a great core group of people, whether they be social media people that I've never met face-to-face in person or people that I've, you know, that I've rocked with for a couple of years, but I'm really, really grateful for my support system right now. That's okay. awesome. Good yeah. answers. So um, I think the, the timing of this episode is perfect. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. It's actually my favorite holiday. Oh. Um, yeah, absolutely. I He's love, so Mr. Romance and love. Like, I love, love it's so. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're talking about um, specifically your story, but the idea of love and connection during the pandemic. Um, we talked uh, last episode. We just talked about how Aunt and I just survived quarantine. What was that like? You know, the ups and downs of being in pandemic. But neither of us yet know what it's like to be married let alone be married uh mm-hmm. in the midst of a pandemic and you got the whole family situation with a dog that was yeah. jumping around your lap like yeah. so um let, let's start at the beginning how how did you meet you what's your husband's name and how did you meet him uh my husband's name is josh <laughs> um and we met actually josh and i have known each other for some years we uh he is a musician mm-hmm. so he plays for my church so he has been a guitar player for my church I want to say going on five years now yes yeah that man plays no games on the guitar I am a fan um (laughs) but he honestly we laugh when we tell this story it's actually really funny um he was actually dating someone else uh he was dating another woman at the church and um it was actually at the time one of his really good friends his sister that he was dating and um you know we were cool we would kind of you know we talk every now and then um his his what i guess that would be his cousin so josh was adopted just to preface okay. things this is going to better explain the whole story so okay. adopted and so he actually met for the first time his biological cousin um at our church they ran into each other and she just looked at his features and were like, yo, you look like a McClanahan. He was like, I am. <laughs> and he had never met his biological family family yet. I think I'm telling you. Wow. He hadn't met his biological family yet. So she was like, I know your family. Like you look just like them. Wow. So anyway, um, but that girl, her name is Grissa. She, her and I were really, really cool. Cause I used to sing on the praise team for my church. Alto. So, yes, that's right. <laughs> Um, and so one day I was in the parking lot getting ready to leave and, um, cause I do production for my church 
Um, and so I was getting ready to leave and he was outside talking to Carissa and she was like, Hey, meet my friend Khalees. And so we met. Um, and then after that, he would always come and ask me for gum because I used to, I don't know if you guys have ever seen those big old boxes of extra gum. I love extra. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I was so excited when they got those. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, <laughs> so he would always come to me and ask me for gum. And so that kind of became our thing. Like we wouldn't ever really talk, but he'd always know when he needed gum, he would come find me. Um, so then fast forward four, almost five years ago, uh, later. And um, uh, during the pandemic, our church, you know, all churches shut down. So we had to figure mm -hmm. out streaming for our church. Yeah. And um, I do production. I produce all of my church's services, but I am nobody's techie. I am so dumb when it comes to anything technical. I'm like, you plug what into what? I don't understand. Yeah. You know? and, so, <laughs> and he's very technical. So um, one day I was struggling and getting all frustrated because we were trying to stream an evening service and he was playing for that service. So he came to me, he was like, hey, do you need some help? And I was like, uh, yeah, a lot of it, you know? And so, um, so he came and he started regularly just coming early and helping me plug things in and figure out what was, you know, help me troubleshoot or whatever. And our pastor's wife actually came up to me. Her and I are really close. I actually call her mom. Uh, she came up to me one day and she was like, who's interested in you? And I was like, nobody's interested in me. I will somebody be interested. It's kind of dry over here, you know, like, I, you know. <laughs> and she was like, who's interested? I was like, there's nobody interested. She was like, Josh isn't interested in you. And I was like, no. And at the time, I thought he was still dating this other woman. So I was like, he's definitely not interested, you know, like, that's not a thing. And she was like, mm, no man just volunteers all his time to be coming up here all early, all the time to come to church, especially musician, to come yeah, early. Stuff. Right, early. And he was coming like the service didn't start until six he was showing up at one o'clock when I got there to help me and he was like mm -mm, nobody just does that and I was like mom chill like this man is taken you know and um to make things even more entangled um I actually had previously dated someone he was close to like he was good friends with so I was like even if he wasn't dating like he knows this other guy so you know, it would be weird. And she was like, oh, okay, well, we don't want no drama. So just leave him alone. <laughs> yes. She caused no drama up in the church house, right? So, okay. so that was it. That's it. We, we didn't really talk too much more about it. And then I want to say about a month later, I think that happened in April or May. Around June-ish, another uh, church member, because I also filmed the video announcements for my church. I'm like the face of my church. And so, um, so he was the camera guy for the for shooting the video announcements. And so in between one of our takes, he goes, you know who you'd be really cool with? And I was like, uh, you mean like Dayton? He was like, yeah. I was like, well, come on and share. Because listen here, once again, it is dry <laughs> parts, okay? Go ahead, <laughs> Go ahead and let me know. And so he said, um, you and Josh would, would be cute. And I was like, oh, no. You know, like <laughs> how many songs did you? How many songs did you need? Like, listen, she had two right there. Listen, and I was just like, ah, 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 he ain't, he ain't it, he ain't what you know. And so then, um, so at this point, I'm like, okay, this is two times now. I'm gonna mention it to him. So then the next time we had to come to church early to set up stuff. I was like, uh, people are rooting for you over here. Apparently they think that you and I would be a good match or whatever. And he's like, really? I was like, yeah, no, it, it's not gonna happen. I'm gonna tell you that face to face. It, this will not be a thing. <laughs> he was like, okay, whatever. You know, like I didn't want you anyway. So, <laughs> so then that happened in June, July. We started, um, 
having conversations on the phone and it originally started me calling him about a tech issue. Uh-huh. And I ended up sitting on the phone for almost three hours mm. just talking. And by the end of the conversation, he was like, I can't believe I've kept you on the phone this long. Like, my bad. And I was like, oh, no worries. You know, I like to talk. So it's no big deal to me, you know? And I didn't have <laughs> yeah. anything yet. It was just, just like, oh, you know, he has good conversation. Um, and then from there, we just kept having conversations like that every time we'd get on the phone with one another. And it'll always start with something tech or something. And it will be the first time was three hours, the next time be five hours, and you know, it just kept wow. going that way. Don't you love that? Yeah. I am a fan of anything organic. Like for me, organic, my friends laugh at me. They're like, you're such a hippie. And I'm like, this <laughs> organic is my thing. Organic and fluid. Anything yeah. that seamlessly works, I'm here for it. If you got to work for it, I don't want it. You know what I you mean? Don't like, that. In the beginning, you know what I mean? I feel like work definitely will come in the working of the relationship, obviously that takes work to keep it together mm-hmm. good. But at the beginning, you should just click. When it's right, it's right. And when it ain't, it ain't. And don't it try and force yeah. it. When you try and force stuff that you're like, okay, listen. So let me ask you this. So <laughs> you said um, by July, you guys were talking on the phone regularly. Were you only, were you communicating via the phone because of the pandemic or it was just like, have you, have you guys gone out? Were you dating? like? <laughs> We still weren't dating. We literally were still calling each other about church stuff. And then we would just end up on the phone for hours after. Um, so when did so, it click for you? Like, you know what? This might be, you know. So the day that it happened, it actually, and we both laughed because we literally say it's like someone flipped a switch one day. Um, we decided to both <laughs> go to a friend's house. Uh, one of our friends, he's a chef. And he does this <laughs> online um, because of COVID. He does this online cooking class on Facebook mm-hmm. Live. And so um, Josh would go regularly every Thursday because he was helping you know, the guy do some stuff production wise. And so I was like, uh, I never get invited to these cooking sessions. You get to eat good and you just get to sit there and have a conversation. I wanna go. You know? <laughs> and so he was like, okay, cool. Count me in. Exactly. So in my mind during the conversation, I'm thinking two friends going to another friend's house. We're gonna help them out with production. We get to eat good. It sounds good, right? The day comes, so it happened on a Thursday. That Thursday comes, and I wanna say probably about three to four hours because he decided we decided he would pick me up. And so about three to four hours before he was supposed to show up, all of a sudden I got really nervous. And so um, I called my best friend, I call her Rumi because we used to live together. And I called her and I was like, Rumi, like, I don't know what to do. Why am I nervous? Like, it, I shouldn't be tripping, it's just Josh, you know? And she was like, do you think that you might like him a little bit? And I was like, you know what? I don't think I entertained the thought of me liking him, but I think I'd started to think he might like me, which then, you know, whenever you think someone might like you, you start questioning it. Like, could this work? Could he be the one? Uh-huh. Even if you're not convinced <laughs> you like him yet, you're just still kind of like, could they be it for me? I don't know. Yes. You know, you start asking yourself questions about somebody that would have never been a thought anytime before, simply because you think they might like you just a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so that's that night we went to our friend's house. He picked me up. I took two shots before he got there because I was that nervous. Okay? <laughs> and then in the car, before we went into our friend's house, um, we took like three more shots together in the car. So by the time we got to our fr- the fr- inside Her. door, we were nice and warm. Okay, like, we- <laughs> That's my kind of party right there. That's- we yes. are firm believers of pre-gaming. Um, and so... So we, we enjoyed the night, but, but literally when we walked into like the threshold of the doorway, um, it was like a light switch flipped. And I was like, mm-hmm. I like this man. 
And so by the end of the night, first of all, I got embarrassingly drunk, like to the point that he had to carry me. Oh, was, and I'm only two, two this big anyway, and don't tell nobody. Listen. <laughs> That's the thing about me. No one's carrying my big ass anyway, so I gotta be very careful. <laughs> I gotta be very careful with my drink. Chris, get up. I cannot lift you. I gotta get to the car. That's me with all my friends. They'll be like, get up off the floor. Come on, let's go. Because my little stuff is not carrying nobody. You will be here till tomorrow. Get up. Listen, and I'll check on you tomorrow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, to answer your question, literally, it was just that, it was just that simple. We walked in the door and I was like, oh, and from that point forward, we, um, talked every single day from that point forward. Um, so I love to tell people this because people always get shocked. So July, late July, we decided we liked each other. We would start trying to date August. He asked me to be his girlfriend, September. He proposed in October. We got married. I mean, that was the world coming to an end? I mean, y'all was like, bad. I mean, felt like it. There were zombies like, outside. Did he, need, did he need a green card or some shit? Like, like, look, I'm trying to be a sinner. So that's so, so, first, there's a lot of layers here. So like one, it was the, the like the fast motion of the relationship into a marriage on top of a pandemic at the same time. Absolutely. Like, was, so was there any pressure? Did you, or it, it just felt right? It just, we literally, now here's, and I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it. There was a spiritual space to it that mm. just made sense for us. So we're both believers. And so um, by the time he had told me he wanted me to be his girlfriend or asked me to be his girlfriend, he had already also told me that same night that God said I was going to be his wife. So there was the, the spiritual aspect to it that kind of, mm. now listen, for anybody that's listening, don't just let people come to you telling you that they're supposed to be your husband or wife, right? <laughs> and you just believe it. There's that confirmation in you too. Don't be just, oh, okay. You know, that part. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but when two people both come together and they both agree that um, that is where their future belongs, that's where they're destined to be, then um, at that point, we were just like, well, when you know, you know. And what's the like for what what reason would we wait so the only place where i was kind of like let's slow our roll just a little bit was because i do have kids um yeah. and so that place I <clears throat> my kids were comfortable my kids were going to be safe um but again we've known each other for almost five years i've seen him in other relationships with people with children i've seen him just on his own uh things like that so there was comfort there but when i tell you i was stressed about the speed of the because i'm gonna <laughs> I'm so like, there's a time frame for everything. You know what I mean? Like you gotta do this, you gotta do this, and you gotta do this. And so he came in and wiped all of that. Like he ruined my whole mind when it came to yeah. the way the relationship was supposed to look. Like he's younger than me. I swore I would never date anyone younger than me, let alone marry. Um, you know what I mean? Like it was just a, quite a few things where I was just like, never. I said I would never date a musician. <laughs> Because I grew up in the music world, so I knew what musicians did. And I was like, mm -hmm. eh, okay, we'll die today. Go ahead and die today. <laughs> okay. You know? <laughs> um, so, you know, there was just a lot of things. Um, but what gave me comfort was that every in every space that I questioned something, I received ample confirmation that it was the right path, path to go down. So every time I was like, oh, should I? There was like a million different signs, a million different things showing me like, this is good. Um, one of the biggest selling points is that my kids connected with him instantly. And kids are always a great tester because kids don't pay Absolutely. no money. If your spirit mm -hmm. is right, 
if you're whatever, whatever you believe in, if you're or if you believe in energy, you believe in or whatever, kids will sense it. They sniff it out. And if they don't like you, they don't like <laughs> you, turn them back, you know? And so my kids loved him. And so that really pushed me into a place of being like, okay, we're safe here. Okay. So, I mean, you sound pretty grounded in yourself. You sounded grounded in faith. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there were some people in your life like, girl, what are you doing? Like, you just, y'all just started dating yesterday. Like, <laughs> what, what, were, what were those? I mean, I'm sure Romy sp- spoke up and said something. Like, what was the conversations like when it was like, you know, are you sure about this? And what was that like? You know, it's so funny. She is alongside me, we co-sign each other when it comes to all things time frame. Because we've watched other people like get married super quick and we're like, uh-uh, we ain't gonna do that. Like, cause I, y'all be getting divorced too quick. Like y'all gonna get married because you say you love each other and five minutes later, you don't even like each other. Like we're not gonna do it. We're gonna date for two years. We're gonna be engaged for another year. And then we'll have premarital counsel. Like it's, we had a whole mapped out thing. Um, <laughs> one of my signs though, was that my roomie, I called her and I said, I like him a lot. And she was like, I like him too. And I was like, okay. And I was like, I think we're going to get married. She was like, you should. And I was like, okay. And I was like, wow. But like really quick, she was like, you know, I don't say this, but I love it. Like do it. And I was like, really? I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. (laughs) So let me, let me tell you this. I have friends where I, I have terrible ideas sometimes. And then I will call my friends and I will be like, listen, I'm about to do this thing. Yeah. And then when they agree with me, I'm like, wait, even I think this is a terrible idea, but you close it down. I got to think twice. Are that. you sure? Yes. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? Like, I'm about to do some dumb shit. <laughs> yes. Um, so you want to know what's interesting, guys. though? My turn. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say something. Damn, like, I'm like, look no, at, I I'm looking at this. him and I'm like, if you're going to say some shit. Say something. Like, I was, was, was going to say something twice, but then you was in the thick of it. You was feeling good. Because you really look, this is how you can tell when Chris likes somebody. It's like questions come up like that, and he's ready to throw them out there as soon as you take a breath. Because he wants to know more. He likes that conversation. So I'm watching him, and I'm like, okay, he can ask another question. I'm waiting. Just and raise I'm your hand. I'm like, all right, my turn. Tag me in. <laughs> right. But you want to know what I got to commend you. And I had to say this because I commend you for considering your children because you recognize that there is a shift that's getting ready to happen in culture. They're used to being at home alone with mommy. I mean, they had daddy there, but now they're just used to having mommy all to themselves. And now they have to share mommy and learn this other man who's going to take on a father-like type role that they could possibly not be prepared for. And a lot of people don't consider that when they get married and blended families and things like that. It's like, well, this is what I want. So you just got to roll with the punches and deal with it. Not understanding that that could be traumatizing you know, to a child um, having that transition. So I have to give you kudos for that. But not only that, what's funny is your story is so similar to my mother and my stepfather. Mm. So my mom and my stepfather, my mom at my old church when we was in Philly, we used to go to Calvary Baptist Church. My mom was the administrator for the church, Mm which because I'm the, I told you I'm the administrator for mine. Mm. And I do announcements, another similarity that you and I have. But my mom was the administrator at her church. My stepdad worked the audio at our church. Uh-huh. And he was dating some other chick while she was dating someone else. And then my mom and the dude broke up. They hadn't been together for years. And she was just cool being single. And then, but he kept scoping my mom. Um, and eventually the relationship didn't work. It's him and the other chick. And he was hard 
on my mom after that. And she's like, no, mm-hmm. I know your girlfriend. I know her. Um, yeah, she was like, I'm not with her, whatever the case may be. And they started dating. Now it didn't go, it didn't go as fast as y'all did. But um, <laughs> but they ended up dating and then you know got engaged and got married too. And now they 20 plus years in the game now, married with another kid. So when you were telling the story, I was like, this sounds familiar. Where is it coming from? And then mm-hmm. that's why I started smiling. I was like, oh my God, this is just like my mom and my stepdad. Aww. So I just had to throw that out there. I love and that. So the, Chris, it's your turn. I was gonna. I was gonna let you. <laughs> so, okay. So now, like, were y'all living together before the engagement, or? Mm-mm. We so <laughs> we did not live together. Um, we did not live together until we were married. Uh, mm-hmm. We actually got married in October. We did not move in together until November. So there was like okay. some weeks of us um, being married and not living together yet. Um, so no, we didn't live together. He did come over quite a bit once, especially once the kids met him. I really wanted, cause we knew at that point about how spun, like how quickly things were going to go. So I was like, well, then you need to spend as much time over here with these kids as, as possible, because I don't want it to just be a fluke situation where they saw you the first time. And they're just like, oh, cool. Big teddy bears here. And then the next time you show up, they're like, oh, nah, he's back. <laughs> this was like a temporary situation, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, you know, I wanted there to be quite a few. And then also, you know, to throw a, yet another wrench into things, my son, like I mentioned, has severe autism. So anybody that comes into my life has to be prepared for a life with a kid with special needs. So um, mm-hmm. I really wanted him to come over and just face-to-face see you know, my kid in his fullest, rarest form, you know what I mean? To make sure that that for sure was something that he could handle. Because for me as a mom, like I'm, I'm mama bear first and foremost. And so yeah. my whole thing was like, if my son throws a tantrum one day and you get mad and you pop off, listen, we all going to be up in here tumbling. It's we all have what? <laughs> we all fight. <laughs> but let's make sure that you are good. And you, even if you don't know necessarily how to handle those kinds of situations yet, I want you to at least know that these things are possible. So that mm-hmm. um, in the instance that something happens, you're not surprised. Um, so there was a lot of us all spending time together to make sure that the blending of our family was going to make sense and that it was comfortable for everyone. I wanted my kids to be comfortable. I wanted him to be comfortable. Um, and so that the transition could go as smoothly as possible because they only knew their dad as the man in their life. They've never mm-hmm. met any other boyfriend. You know, they've never met any other person. So they went from dad to then stepdad. You know, yeah. I just yeah. wanted to make sure that stepdad was as cohesive to the transition as dad. Yeah, that's awesome. So from the power of technology, we're doing this thing via Zoom, if y'all listening to it. I'm in Virginia, Ant's in North Carolina, and Kalisa's in, what part of Cali? I'm in Southern California, LA. LA. I'll be there in the second week of March. So oh, hit me up. I'll let you know. We're not Why, are you coming down? Why are you going there in March? Because I didn't hear anything about this. Uh-oh. Excuse me. We're not no. getting a salad or anything like that, but you know. Leave <laughs> meeting. Okay, we don't have to have a salad. We can have real food. <laughs> um, so the term that you toss out there, and I hear a lot of people talking about it now um, more comfortably, is blended families. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from a blended family. Both my parents were previously married and brought real um, children into their union. Okay. Um, what was that conversation like with your ex-husband? I mean, with the with the pandemic, with the with the kids, with the the dude you just met. Like, there's a lot of layers to that. Yeah. Um, 
so you had mentioned a little bit earlier, like, was there anyone that resisted? And he, my ex was probably the, him, him and his family were probably the only ones that were resistant at first. Mm -hmm. um, but they ended up actually being yet another confirmation that we were doing things. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I have been very, um, like I said, we're, we're good friends. So we keep open communication with one another, my ex and I. And so we agreed at the very beginning, whenever we decide to bring someone in our life consistently to the point that they're gonna actually have to meet the kids at some point, we need to go ahead and let one another know. Other than that, listen, the little heifers you out there playing with, I don't need to know about them. Like that, that ain't none of my business. Play on, play it. You know, like, <laughs> I'm fine. And if I'm out here hoeing out for a minute, I ain't gonna tell you either, okay? Like that's just right. what it is. <laughs> um, but if, if there is anything serious, we would have a conversation. And so um, once I realized things were serious with Josh, I just told him, hey, um, I was dropping the kids off one day and I just said, hey, just real quick, I just want to let you know, you know, I'm in a relationship with someone. It's getting pretty serious. So I'm sure he'll meet the kids eventually. I just wanted to let you know. Um, and you let me know if you want to meet him because you're the dad. You might want to scout him out, vet him out or whatever. And so the original conversation, he was just like, no, nah, if it's just y'all dating and you don't know if it's going to be serious or anything yet, like I'm cool. I don't need to meet him yet. But, you know, if it's going to be further, then let me know. Um, now, what I didn't realize was that maybe a month later, I was going to be engaged. <laughs> right. So, of course, his resistance was, one, why so fast? And two, were you lying to me when you said you were just dating this dude? Like, you didn't have to lie. You could have just told me that you guys were moving to that direction. And I said, honestly, it wasn't a lie. That month, we were dating. This month, we're engaged. You know, <laughs> it just is what it is. <laughs> um, so he had his questions. <laughs> Um, he had his thoughts or whatever, and, and he did express like, this is kind of quick. Um, I need you to be sure that this is cool because, you know, half of the time we, we alternate weeks. So, um, you know, he was like half of the time the kids are with you and I need to be confident that you are thinking about their best interests. Um, mm. and that this dude isn't some rando that's gonna, you know, cause if he touches my kids, I'm going to jail. I was mm -hmm. like, listen, if he touches these kids, we all going to jail, okay? <laughs> just find us a, a jail suite where we can just all yeah. have work, okay? Because we just mean. all going to be in there together. Um, and so, uh, so he he was a little he was a little perturbed at first. Um, so then, but then he did say, if this is where it's going to go, I do want to meet him now. So I was like, okay, cool. I set it up. I was like the little secretary. I was like, Josh, uh, Sean, let's figure out a date. Everyone is available to meet, you know. And, um, <laughs> So we all came together and where I thought that it was going to be like two men beating on each other, you know, beating on their chests and flexing themselves. They both walked up. They were both very respectful of one another. And 10 minutes in, I was like, oh my God, they're sitting here talking about video games and football. Can I leave? Like they're bonding. <laughs> That's all we talk about. Uh, I'm like, I'm ready to leave. Like y'all can have your bro time. I'm going to go hang out with the kids. So and ever since then, every time they see each other, like um, Sean is my ex-husband. He comes to the house to drop the kids off when he drops them off. Josh and I take the kids back when we drop them off. They sit outside and have the last last week they sat outside for like almost an hour having their own conversation. I done walked away with the kids. We playing at the park. Like, I'm like, oh, this is a <laughs> whole relationship outside of me. Um, <laughs> but there was there was some concern um, in the beginning because it was very fast. Uh, but mm -hmm. like I said, he actually ended up being yet another confirmation, just being so cool once they all connected and met. That was just another place where I was like, okay, well, 
if it can be this seamless, then why fight it, you know? Yeah. So guys, as if you're listening, just know that we do have our uh, pre-recording conversations. I had no idea she got married this soon. So I'm hearing the story for the first time, just like you. <laughs> so I, I'm, I did. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to process this while also trying to be hosting all the questions on the side. So I'm, <laughs> I know. But the, and the cool thing, and I believe in about um, divine intervention, like you and and what's like we're all believers on this call. Um, this conversation was supposed to be about um, love during a pandemic, but it sounds like it's really a conversation about one listening to your heart, listening to your uh, intuition, mm-hmm. and really trusting a higher power. And it's playing up because yeah, the podcast people can't see you. Um, <laughs> But and and that's what the conversation has turned into. So I'm going to lean into that. It's just like so. Um, the one thing that relationships do over time is reveal things. They reveal things about yourself. They reveal things about your partner and everything like that. Um, it's been three months, four months since you guys gotten married. Um, wh- what is something that you learned about yourself? Um, and being <laughs> she's shaking her head, y'all. <laughs> what is something <laughs> that you learn about yourself in, in being married to Josh? Oh my goodness. Um, One thing that I've definitely learned about myself is that I am my absolute toughest critic. And I put so many unrealistic expectations on myself. Um, And I am extremely comfortable with making myself uncomfortable to make everyone else around me comfortable. Um, And I learned that in being in a relationship. The other thing I identified is that I have no type of self- uh, discipline when it comes to like boundaries. I don't set bound. I didn't set boundaries for my kids. I came into marriage, not setting boundaries for my husband. Um, I didn't set boundaries for myself. And so, um, and this is for anyone starting a relationship or even just in friendships and business and anything. I quickly, very quickly identified uh, that I will drive myself to burnout due to not due to a lack of boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, one thing that a lot of people mix boundaries with is this stigma that boundaries mean mean or boundaries yeah. mean bad, like that translates to bad. And the reality is if you really value a relationship, you will put boundaries there because then that guarantees health of the relationship yes. uh, because then both people have an underlying understanding. This is what I can handle. This is my capacity. Mm-hmm. And then after here, listen, you, you rubbing up against pure uh, <laughs> concrete. Flip, okay. Like we, it, it, this is the, you rubbing the white meat at this point. Yeah. Like I'm about to explode in about five seconds. And so I learned that. And the reason I learned it was because I came into this marriage, like I'm a wife, this thing. Uh, okay. Like I work from <laughs> home, you know, like kids are home all day. So I just knew the house was always going to be clean dinner was always going to be ready. You know what I mean? Like everything was, I'm just going to be on point because I'm actually a very organized person. So Mm -hmm. I just knew I was going to come into this and organize the mess out of everything. Uh, There has not been one day that the house has remained clean all day. (laughs) (laughs) There have been numerous times I've said, I don't know what y'all going to eat, but it ain't going to be cooked for me. Like you better find a little cereal. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I only came to that place after having multiple meltdowns where I was taking it out on Josh. I was taking it out on the kids and he was just like, like, what's going on? Yeah. And he was like, you're not the same human that I agreed to marry. Like this version of you, what is this? You know? (laughs) um, So I had to really, you know, understand that I'm a person I, I run on a high stress level. 
Mm-hmm. I can be very uptight and I can be very anxious. And so <laughs> Anthony's pointing at Chris, y'all just if you see him point him out, if you see him point him out. So because of that, I again I am my toughest critic. I have unrealistic standards and expectations for me all day long. And so what that ended up doing when I was by myself, that was easy to manage, right? Like mm-hmm especially because there's one week I have the kids, one week I don't. So when the kids were with their dad, I could be a stress ball all by myself and I wasn't driving nobody <laughs> crazy. You know what I mean? I would only piss me off and that's okay. Like, I'll get over it eventually. Um, but having to remember there's another person attached to me now. When my attitude changes, his attitude changes. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really, I, I am learning. Not, I have not mastered this by any means. Uh, one thing he says about me all the time and I get so mad, he's like, I just have to re- remember that you have multiple moods. And I'm like, I ain't crazy. You know what I'm saying? Because that sounds you like to me, right? What I heard was I got split personalities. That's what uh-huh. I'm hearing. <laughs> but what I had to learn was that my mood does shift. My mood does change. And it's like that, like super quick, whenever I feel like I'm losing control of something and that anxiety doesn't look like anxiety to most people, that anxiety looks like an attitude. That anxiety looks like you just mad for no reason. That anxiety mm-hmm. looks like um, you about to blow up on everybody and we don't deserve it. And mm-hmm. so uh, to answer your question, the biggest thing that's probably been highlighted for me um, in these last three, four months is that, um, I need to chill the hell out. Like, <laughs> like calm down girl. Like go smoke Give yourself some grace, right? Listen, absolutely. Yeah. Give yourself mm-hmm. some grace. That has been one of my biggest things. I actually ended up going to therapy. Um, black folks, there's nothing wrong with therapy. Okay. That's um, why we had this conversation. Yeah. Exactly. I absolutely, and I was raised, like my mom was like, you don't get to go to therapy. You don't get to go and tell nobody the stuff that goes on in my house. Like that was how I was raised. So I was not- All alone. black houses. What goes yes. on in this house stays in this house. Stays in this house. Okay. <laughs> and um, I actually lost my youngest sister to suicide due to that because my sister mm. dealt with depression and she was vocal and saying, I need to talk to someone. My mom was like, uh, not here. And so she took matters into her own hands. So I am an avid therapy person. Like if you need it, do it. Even if you don't know if you need it or not, do it. Right. Uh-huh. And so I went to therapy and the first thing she said was, it sounds like you need to give yourself a little bit more grace. You give grace to everyone else, but you give yourself none. Yeah. So that's definitely one of the biggest things I learned in this process. Yeah. So, and thinking about therapy, so, um, I heard a different description in a sense that someone said that you should get therapy anytime there's a major change in your life whether it's good or bad, because it comes with an alteration of your schedule, the way that you think, the way that you experience things. So instead of just um, associating it with a negative experience, anytime, like a whether you're moving to a new city, like Ant did, whether you t- um, you're changing jobs, anytime there's a major change in your life, just seek therapy because it helps you with that balancing. Absolutely. Um, so if you just start spreading it across the board, then maybe it'll be better received as opposed to you going to therapy, you might be all types of crazy. Right. Absolutely. And I 100% agree with that. One of my favorite things my therapist would keep saying was, oh, because you guys are all adjusting. And that's I was like, yeah. yes, that's it. We are adjusting. And so what she highlighted was you made space for everybody else's adjustment. You, you planned for everybody else's adjustment mm. period, but you never once considered your adjustment period to being married all of a sudden to um, having someone else around your kids all of a sudden um, to having someone consistently in your space all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like you said, to your point, we did not move in together before we got married. So this was all like a, 
dump y'all into a house. Here's yes. a reason. <laughs> I'll go ahead and do your business, you know? So it has reality show written all over it. Like Mary, Mary during the pandemic book. coming on Fox. Like, you know. <laughs> Listen, I'll pitch it. I will pitch it a heartbeat. <laughs> the analogy I always use when um, people would ask me, how am I doing? Especially during quarantine was just like, you're ever in a bouncy house? And like you finally get firm footing, and then this fat kid just comes and just jumps, and then you just tear you up, fall up like all over. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> that's how I felt all of last year. Like I would finally get firm footing, and then something would come and just knock me right off, and I got to readjust, like you said. Yep. Absolutely, it's crazy. So it's one thing I heard from for anybody who knows me knows I love India Re, and she just says some of the most prolific things. If you just listen to her videos, and not even just her music, and listen to her her lyrics, lyrically, she's amazing. And she's so, she just writes lyrics in a way that's so thought provoking about things that you would not think about, but also things that you experience and you're still like, wow, I'm not alone. But it was one video that she put on her Instagram page where she was just talking about some things that she was going through in her podcast, um, the Songversation podcast. And she said that her mom said to her, it's just life happening. Don't mm -hmm. get so caught up and what's happening right now just remember it's just life happening and that's all you can do you can't control life you can't control what's going to happen you can only control your response but it's just life happening and no. ever since she said that that has been something that's been in my brain where something that throws me off mm -hmm. or it's something that is um throwing me off course or something that is frustrating me or a point where i feel like i'm getting anxiety or i feel stuck or whatever the case may be at a place that is uncomfortable mm -hmm. i keep reminding myself it's it's just life happening. You can't control it, Anthony. It's just life happening. You can only control your response, Anthony. It's just life mm -hmm. happening. And I kind of use it like a mantra for myself to constantly remind myself to um, adjust, um, get uncomfortable, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. and to kind of change my mindset too. That's mm -hmm. so like, like scripture says, it rains on the just and the unjust. So that part. That's what I tell myself. Listen, nobody. Come on, Bishop. Nobody's exempt. I love it. I think I'm a deacon now. I was, I was, I got ordained as a deacon over the pandemic. So there's that. Did you? Um, I'm yeah, to like you. How I didn't know this. I don't. We'll talk later. Okay. You cutting up? You going to California? You became a deacon? Ah. Is, I don't understand. Okay. Since, since I think since March, like you, I was responsible for producing um, the church's streaming service. Okay. So um, um, we do a pre work well. I do it for three churches. One church, we do a pre-recorded service. Mm -hmm. So I have to edit it and splice it and that, that whole thing, which has been a lot of different experiences. <laughs> um, but hey, we got to get the word out somehow. Um, so taking a step back, let, let me, let's have some fun with both of you guys. So Valentine's Day is around the corner. Yes. The most memorable, I hate your face. You, the funny <laughs> thing is, I remember last year's Valentine's episode, Valentine's Day episode, we talked about um, the photograph. Uh huh. He had all of the energy around the conversation around the photograph. Then when we started talking about Valentine's Day, oh man, bump that, forget that. <laughs> <laughs> so, my first question is: What is your most memorable Valentine's Day moment? Ooh. Okay. So, <laughs> I um I grew up with a single mom. And I actually, I would say the reason this is most memorable is because I don't have a lot of favorable memories growing up with my mom. My mom and I actually have a pretty bad relationship. 
Um, but one thing I will always remember is that she always made, it was myself and at the time I had three other siblings, so there was four of us. Um, she would always make us her Valentine, no matter if she had a man at the time or not, oh. was always her Valentine. So she would go out, it was almost like Christmas. Like she'd go out, she'd buy us gifts. We get candy, we get to pick whatever food we wanted to eat, whatever. And it was like, it was a big ordeal. Um, so that will forever kind of like reign in my mind as the best Valentine's days um, were the ones spent with my mom for sure. Okay. Aww. Yeah. Aunt, can you conjure up something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, try- I'm sitting here trying to think. Reach um, real back, you got it. I think if I go back, a couple of years to my last relationship. Um, I haven't been in many relationships. I've been in a lot of situationships and or talking or dating somebody and it just never goes that far. Um, and that was one relationship and I wanted to, I really wanted this relationship to work. I wanted it to be amazing. We had, we met in December of 2012. So of course we were coming up on Valentine's day and coming up on Valentine's day, we ended up going to see Chrisette Michelle in concert. Mm. Um, I want to say it was on Valentine's day, but the beginning of the day, I am, I like romance, but I don't always think in a creative Valentine's day way. That's Chris's thing. Not me. But I I had booked, um, a massage and I made them wear a mask and I drove them all the way there to do it. And, got all cute and dialed up and looking kind of fine and stuff. I was skinnier than y'all, I was smaller. Um, and then um, they bought me, anybody who knows me knows I love sweets, I love candy. So I had a whole cake tower made of different candy bars and things like that that I love. And I like teddy bears. I don't really hold on to them, but it's just the nostalgia of having it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had two um, different teddy bears and we went out to dinner um, after the Chrisette Michelle concert. And I think that was one of the most memorable ones because it was almost like it was my first Valentine's because I haven't had um, Valentine's days like that. And now I would say that's the most memorable. And the reason why I thought about that is I am not always the best with memory, but when it's something that's impactful or, or memorable or important to me, I'll put it in my calendar and get a reminder every year. So the notification came up today, um, first concert, Chrisette Michelle that came up. Yeah. I was like, let me delete it now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but that was I would say that's probably my most memorable. Which what's yours, Chris? Um, it's so funny. I don't know. Only because for Valentine's Day is my day to spoil somebody else. Give love, like <laughs> and I and I told Aunt Lash I take off for Valentine's Day if it's on a weekday because it's an entire day of showing love. Not and not just. Whoever I do it too, and I'm single, <laughs> and never have, and never have a date. I'm off Friday, and don't go back to work till Tuesday. For me, still it's alone. like I get, I do something for my mom. I do something for my two female best friends, mm-hmm. um, and I do something for my. It's a whole day thing. I have the whole day plan. I start planning for Valentine's Day like right after Christmas. It's a whole production. <laughs> oh my like, goodness! It's go, it's going to be special every single time. But I don't remember anything that happened to me and, and not in an all sad kind of way but like it's my day to show love and I, right. I that's what I want to do it's like asking Santa what was the best gift he ever got like my mm. man working like yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy that's, oh, that's I to say that. yeah I, I, wow I never thought about it to this moment but Cleese this is your opportunity to flip it on <laughs> us to become the host anything you want to ask us oh my goodness okay let's think let's think let's think 
Okay, so we're, we're on the topic of of love and we're on the topic of finding love in some seemingly impossible scenarios and situations. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will ask both of you the same question. So I'll start with you, Anthony. What, what you, I know you've expressed that you are not dating. Mm -hmm. And what do you think is the most challenging piece to dating right now? What do you think has been your, the block in you dating or finding someone? Do you think it's the pandemic? Do you think there's, uh, you just haven't found the right one? Like, what do you think has been the cause of you not? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. For one, I am so much a homebody, I don't go out. So I don't get the experience of interacting or meeting anybody um, from that standpoint. Also, um, I too have the RB, what's it called? I messed it up last time, Chris. What is it? Resting, RBS. what's the acronym? Resting, RBS. Last time I said some completely wrong letters <laughs> on an episode. But you know, I have um, an RBF face if I'm not smiling. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, I've just never been on a lot of dates. So it's so foreign to me um, to go out on dates. And, and I'm, I love the creativity. That's why I like to hear Chris's stories because he's so creative in a lot of different ways. And I'm like, I don't like, oh, you went outside and y'all set up a movie night in the backyard? That's so romantic. But in my mind, I'm like, I would have never conjured up an idea like that because I wouldn't have even thought that that was a possibility or how to do it. I'd be like, okay, I got to buy an extension cord. What I got to get? Uh, a projector? No. But his mind goes so much further than mine does. So I think a lot of that plays a part. And also just healing from the last relationship. Um, one thing I don't believe in is getting into another relationship until you have healed from the previous one. Yeah. Now, my has been with two or three different people since the last, since we broke up. Clearly, it's not working somewhere with him. Mm -hmm. I'm single you know, and I'm not looking to jump into another relationship. Do I have my moments where I want to be in a relationship? Absolutely. And there's other times it's like, do I want to go through that again? Mm -hmm. And I have to force myself out of that negative thinking sometimes and say, Anthony, just because that didn't work doesn't mean the next one is going to be like that. So it's still me processing and thinking through um, the healing part. I've grown tremendously. I've healed a lot from um, that relationship where I, even when I look at my journal entries now, it's so different compared to when I was in the thick of that relationship and the stuff that I was going through and even the conversations that me and my ex have had. Um, but I think all of that together puts me in a place, but definitely being in the house and not going anywhere. And I'm naturally a homebody. So being in the pandemic, you know, it was exhausting for me, even in the fact that I'm used to being by myself and I'm okay with that. So to branch out more is, is a little bit of a struggle. So I'd say that's a combination of that for me. Chris, what you got? Oh, she might have a different question for you. Let me... <laughs> no I want to say that's really good actually and I love the piece about healing before you move on to the next one because I think one of the biggest things that a lot of people when they jump from one relationship to the other do is they then hold the new person accountable to the things that the old person may have absolutely and that's so unfair right to to kind of um put that new person on the face of the old person's body mm -hmm. yeah you know sometimes I mean? without them knowing it mm-hmm Exactly. It can be completely subconscious. And so that's why the healing portion is so important because um, it just allows you that time to reset, right? Reset your mind, reset your emotions, reset your, your body even. Um, mm -hmm. What I've learned is that your body, your muscle mass and the cells within your body actually remember and mm -hmm. have 
they're almost like memory foam. And so when you come into certain interactions with people, um, for instance, uh, a woman who has had a bad experience with a boyfriend, but say she's walking through a department store and smells his cologne, her body is going Trigger. to react. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when people like to use hashtag triggered, it's, a, it's mm -hmm. a, <laughs> your body really does respond to those sensory um, experiences based on what it remembers from the last time. So mm -hmm. it's so important to have that time of reset so that your, your body knows, okay, we're going into something new. And even if we do experience something similar, it's okay. Let's give them the grace to let that be their experience because it's not totally different than the last time. So mm -hmm. I love that. I love that healing piece. Um, same question for you, Chris. I don't even know if you're in a relationship or not. So I forgot the question, to be honest. With you. <laughs> so the question is, I was like, is she gonna repeat the question? Because I really don't know. I absolutely could repeat the question. Uh, so basically, the question I think I went around it in a million different ways. So um, the question is, if you are not dating, what has been your struggle with dating, or what type of roadblocks have you faced to say that you aren't? Like, why are you not dating? Basically, if you so are dating, was the question. If you are dating, how did you overcome the possible roadblocks that would have blocked you from being able to date during this time? Because, okay, so I am dating. Okay. Um, I will say that the, and we talked about this last episode, the perfectionist in me won't allow my past relationship to have any impact on my current one. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's the healthy way of looking at it because I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm in it, but I didn't want that to be a motivation. I want to be in it because I wanted to be in it, not because I was trying to prove myself from the last relationship. Yeah. And in the beginning, that was the thing for me. You know, am I in it because I want to be in it or am I trying to prove something to myself that I didn't fail at the last relationship? Mm -hmm. And if y'all heard the last episode, y'all know I struggle with that shit like hard. <laughs> <laughs> But um, the more, and I said this earlier, relationship, being in relationships tend to reveal things. The thing I learned about myself and being in relationship with myself during the pandemic was that um, that is a major issue for me when it comes to relationships. Like Anne said, I am not one to heal from a past relationship. I'm one to take it a step further. I'm gonna get in this next one because I'm approved to myself that I, did, <laughs> I wasn't the one that fucked up. Like, <laughs> was that motherfucker? Yeah, it, it, it clearly wasn't me because this relationship is popping. Like we do it all the time. Um, but no, it, it's it's really it was really just about you know recognizing um, what I was running towards and running from, you know. And if I was just really just trying to prove something to myself, you know, that was the hardest roadblock for me. I love it. Wow, that's so good. Um, okay, I have one more question. I just she looks like us when she's talking. She's like, oh my god, and that's how we look at her when she's talking. Like, uh huh. <laughs> time. Okay, so Chris, you actually touched on. So we'll we'll let you answer this one first. But you actually touched on finding things out about yourself during the pandemic. So along with what you just disclosed that you found out about yourself as far as perfectionism, things like that. What is something else you've discovered about yourself during the pandemic that you wanted to change? And what steps have you taken to change them? Hold up, let me just... <laughs> take a shot real quick. Let's take, take a shot real quick, because <laughs> that right there. 
we diving in now. Um, <laughs> no, so and I, and I um I learned that my self worth is attached to accomplishments. Um, when Ant pointed at me earlier, when I said when I function at a high stress level, is because I'm always doing something, I'm always going somewhere, and I'm always being part of something, and it is because I feel whole when some, I can check something off of a physical checklist. Yes, I did this charity event. Yes, I played this sport. Yes, I did that, this, that, and the third. So with the pandemic, when we're forced to sit still, I was like, still, did you hear that? I, I did, I was gonna let it go. I was gonna let you, I was gonna let you live this time. <laughs> it was the shot. <laughs> I was forced to sit still. I was like, I, I feel not, not worthless, but I don't feel 100%. And I was like, I'm, because I'm not doing anything. I'm really just sitting here twiddling my thumbs. I don't like sitting still. Mm -hmm. And I was incredibly, incredibly uncomfortable, like jittery, you know? And I, told, I, think, I, I think I told you this, and I would just drive up the New Jersey Turnpike to New York just to turn around. And then come, come back. back <laughs> like, just to get up, just to do something, you know? Um, but um, the question was, uh, what am I doing to get over that? It's just sitting in it, you know? Um, and one of my favorite passages to pick apart is though I walk through the valley of shadow death and the underlying part for me is walk through the valley you know you have to go through it you can't go around it above it beneath it. you got to go through it to get to the other side and um just um being intimate with fear being intimate with um uncomfortability and just being stronger because of it I love that mm -hmm. I love that while you were speaking it made me think about there's two I told you guys I read books all day long like I love them so much <laughs> Um, but there are two authors that I absolutely love that speak about vulnerability and about finding your self-worth within yourself. Um, one of them, her name is Dr. Caroline Leaf. She is a scientist. I think I follow her on Instagram, I think. She's amazing. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. She is a scientist who originally did not believe in God that became a believer. And so now she has implemented biblical understanding with scientific structure of your mind. So she basically is, and one of her books, it's called The, um, the Perfect You, I think is what it's called. And she, um, she's basically talking about how you can take biblical knowledge of your self-worth and your self-value because God said you're worth it, you're valuable, you're all those things. He said it to you first before you were really born, right? He spoke those things into you. And so now you take those biblical understandings and she gives you scientific ways to embed it into the way your brain will receive it and attach to it. So mm. the fact that then, because once your brain, because we know the battlefield of the mind is the strong, like that's the biggest battlefield, right? That's the you're going to have issues is within your mind. Mm -hmm. And so um, she is coming from the place of once you can convince your brain to understand, your brain will then tell the whole rest of your body. And then once your body gains that understanding, you function at a whole different place. You function at a whole different level. And so um, that book is really good. The other one is Brene Brown. She's, She's amazing. Not, she is not I've, a believer. I've read all of her books. <laughs> he loved, I was gonna say he I loves okay. her. Oh my goodness. I <laughs> love yes. her. And one of my favorite books from her is Daring Greatly. I yes. absolutely love that book. And that, that was one of my pandemic books. Go ahead. Yes. See? Oh, listen. Now, because I, I, I talk about her in church gatherings all the time. And I'm like, listen, she cusses like a sailor. So mm -hmm. don't be trying to go in there, listening to her podcasts or videos, and then come back to me like, Khalees, that was not of the Lord. <laughs> like, <I know. laughs> um, but those are two authors and two books. When you were speaking that instantly, I thought of like, absolutely, because self-worth and self-value is such a big thing. 
And I'm so much like you, Chris, when it comes to, I did the same thing. I found all, I still do find all of my value um, and self-worth in accomplishments and how much people need me. Yes. And one of my biggest things, and we actually, me and my best friend just spoke about boundaries. And I was saying one of my biggest struggles with setting boundaries was because if I tell someone, no, I'm afraid they're going to find somebody else. Mm-hmm. And if they find somebody else, that means- They I will need me. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't like it. So I'm just going to say <laughs> yes to everything and drive myself in the ground, trying to do everything for everyone. Um, but the reality is at that point, you end up dropping a ball somewhere, right? And so then then that affects the anxi- the perfectionist in me and triggers anxiety. Child, it's a whole trifecta. It's a whole, <laughs> mm-hmm. whole ripple effect. Listen, dominoes <laughs> falling everywhere, okay? All because I couldn't say no because I don't want to not be needed because then that tells me I'm valuable. So mm. I totally relate. I, I love that. Um, and I'm right there with you. We will we will get through this self-value. <laughs> we, we can talk about it when I'm out there without Anthony. <laughs> Look, uh-uh. <laughs> See the eye roll? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, okay, Anthony, then you have the same question. What is something you identified about yourself during the pandemic? And if it's something you did not like, what steps are you taking to correct it? Oh, God, I feel like there's so many different things I identified or learned about myself last year. One thing I learned was that I am, I will hold a grudge Mm. if I am hurt to the core. And I learned also in the middle of that, that I can't allow myself to hold grudges because I will never get past it and heal from it. So at some point you got to deal with what was or what is, um, process it, and then eventually you got to let it go. Because um, even talking about the whole relationship situation, I don't want my ex back. Let's be clear with that. Um, however, now if I see them, sometimes I may see them with somebody else. I'm like, I'm cuter than them. I don't know why you with them. You still want me? I mean, you know, you know. But it is still a little triggering. It can be triggering at times um, with that. But learning to let that go. Um, me and Chris actually talked about different things that I started to do last year to help me that has helped me to get through that healing process, meditating, um, getting more into my journal more, um, learning different things about God in a different way. I think we make God big, but also small at the same time, but God is so much more simpler than we allow him to be. And being in isolation or more so solitude last year forced me to be able to see him in a lot of different ways and seeing him in everything for the most part mm-hmm. and how he how things don't make sense in the middle of it but then when it's over it's like oh that's why you had me go through that from this 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 and this mm-hmm. he always feels it and um that was one thing that I learned you know that I'm a grudge holder but I need to change that and that was one thing I had to work on was letting it go talking through how I felt like me and my ex have had so many conversations last year from the top of the year, like the first week in January through um, probably a couple of weeks ago, um, isolated conversations where I finally got to get off of my chest the things that didn't go right in the relationship, the things that I was feeling, the um, the hurt that I felt, the disrespect, um, so many different things um, that I never got the chance to do because I could not have the conversation with them because every time I did, it turned into, well, you do this, opposed to just listening and feeling what I'm feeling and being empathetic. So um, that was probably the biggest thing along with boundaries, Um, even boundaries with with ministry and ministry. You know, if you are somebody that works hard, you're atypical, you um, have the spirit of excellence, you want everything to go well and 
you're put forth as much effort to make sure everything is running smoothly, not just what you do, but having a part in everything to make sure everything runs right, you have to set that boundary because like you said, you will burn yourself out and you will lose control and you'll get an attitude and you'll lose it, not realizing that you are the cause of it all because you just didn't say no. Yeah. Or I'm not going to be part of that, or I'm not going to do that. And I had a conversation with one of the ministers at my church this week, and I told her, I like I sent out um, communications through Group Me if something needs to be updated or whatever. We didn't have a set of service on Sunday because of snow, so she was like, she texted me and she was like, "Can you also put this in there?" I was like, "No, mm-hmm. I can put that in there." I said, "Because you shouldn't be putting it in there. I shouldn't be putting it in there because you're not the one." that's spearheading this event because if they want the money to turn up for this event then they should be the ones to make sure they communicate with people on how they can still satisfy their obligation even though we're not there Mm -hmm. i will let them know it's not closed if you want to let them know to put something in there you can but you have to set a boundary so i wouldn't have been able to give her that feedback from leader to leader if i hadn't experienced it myself to say i have to say no and be okay with it not make excuses and don't have to feel like you have to explain it and give a whole bunch of excuses as to why. Just simply stick with, I can't do that. Or no, I'm not going to do that. I even did it with my pastor. We're going to get a TVs on the wall and you can, you know, make a PowerPoint. And then we do announcements every week. I said, I'm not doing that. When I come to church, I'm coming to get my word and I'm, kind of, I'm coming to be out. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do all this for these little bit of people that we have in here, especially during COVID, just so that we can say that we have something. And then that's wasting money. And then if I'm, if I'm not there, nobody's going to be willing to step up to the plate to get it done. And when I'm not there, no. Mm-hmm. He's about it ever since. Yep. <laughs> so it's just setting those boundaries and being okay with saying no, which is something that I've struggled with a lot in my life. Um, and one thing we talked about in a previous episode with Chris and I is that my aunt told me there's a difference between being selfish and self-preservation. And mm-hmm. ever since she told me that, I'm like, uh-uh. If I feel like it's, I'm going to lose myself in it or um, I'm not going to get um, replenished the things that I put out, I'm just not going to do it. It's not worth it for me. So mm-hmm. I was probably the biggest ones for me um, 2020. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Those are all the questions I have. Those are so good. <laughs> okay. Those are so, so good. I love the answers. So <laughs> listen, I mean, the energy is there and we could talk on and on and on. Um, but for the sake of the listeners and we're just going to, we're going to end it right there. And, um, please let me, thank you so much for coming on. And I pray, and I hope that this won't be the last time you join us. Um, and you'll be a series regular. Um, and told me you were thinking about starting your own podcast. Um, I, for one, hope you don't. So you could be with us more, <laughs> um, but listen, if you do just know, you know, we'll be your biggest fans at any time you want us on Absolutely. there, you know, we'll be right there for you. Um, so any, any closing remarks from you? We'll start with Khalees. Any closing remarks? Um, no, I, I think I would just say during this time, I really, I really hope that anyone that's listening is taking the opportunity during this time to really find any areas of opportunity within themselves. And one, I hope as they find them, because there's always something, don't ever fool yourself into thinking that you are all good because there's <laughs> always something. Um, but in those spaces where you do find something that needs some tweaking or needs some adjusting, um, absolutely give yourself the grace as you process through it, but also be okay with it taking time to get there. Um, I think a lot of times we put time frames on things because we want to hurry up and get. Um, my pastor says all the time, we're in a microwave generation. We want mm-hmm. everything 
quick and in a hurry, right? And so um, don't get stuck in the time frame of things. That's one of the biggest things I really, in this, if I had to ask myself the question, what I really learned, getting married after dating someone for a month, <laughs> engaged the next month and married the, the next month after that, I would say that um, I am no longer limiting myself to time frames. Mm. Uh, I'm no longer limiting myself based upon previous experiences or um, previous preferences due to those experiences. So I would say, allow yourself the time and the space to be able to process the things you need to process. And in that time, be okay with things taking time, if that makes yeah. sense. And don't rush any process because the worst thing you can do is rush a process and then have to repeat that process because you didn't go, get all that you were supposed to get the first time around. Cycles. Um, it is the worst. It's the worst thing to have to do. And it'll, it'll happen. And that's okay too, if you have to go back and redo something. Mm -hmm. But one way to definitely avoid it is to allow yourself that time and that space to get through it the first time. Yeah. That's a word. Ant-Man. <laughs> Anthony? Oh, final remarks. Um, nothing. Khalees, just thanks for joining us um, and spending the time having a conversation. And I know we talked uh, about a lot of things, um, but I will say to um, the listeners that we have, um, be aware of divine connection. Be aware of um, people that come into your life and they come into your life for a reason. Me and Khalees met last year on a Zoom call um, with Josh and um, Nay, a different Josh, um, after everything that happened, it was with um, George Floyd, right? Was that where it happened with that? Um, and just having an open forum and conversation with um, with some social media friends. And I was listening to her speak and I was just like, oh my God, I love the way she speaks. She's very articulate. She has um, a great mind. You know, she has quality things to say. She doesn't just talk for the sake of talking. Um, and then I, they, everybody was like, you know, follow me, follow me, follow me. I was like, I'm following her, click. <laughs> um, and then we just started, you know, communicating through social media. And then probably within the past, maybe month or two, maybe three, um, we've gotten a lot more closer in conversation, having real conversations and realizing so many similarities between each other, just being willing to have the conversation and being vulnerable and being open with somebody that lives on the other side of the world, you know, the side of the country, you know, and this is a bond that I, that I hope never breaks, you know, because she is one of those people that is full of heart um, and that if it wasn't for social media, I never would have met her. Same thing with Chris. We have a divine connection. Um, I'm probably not going to never let him, as much as it get on my nerves, I ain't going to let him go. Um, but, you know, be open to divine connection. Um, a lot of people say, open your third eye. Some people say, you know, depending on what you believe in, um, make sure that you have your discernment open to see um, those people that are meant to be in your life, whether it's for a period of time or for, for forever. Nonetheless, they're there for you for that period of time. So embrace it, open, um, be open to it. And um, there's so much you can learn and so much you can get out of those divine connections. Yeah, and I, and I echo with both of you what you said. I mean, and we met the same way. Um, one week we were at a, a club in Philly and then I think a month and a half later we were in Mexico. In Mexico. <laughs> like, okay. But like, I and, and went like, fast like when you got engaged and dated. <laughs> and I was don't, like this. Don't do it. <laughs> I said, this dude is so cool. We're going to be friends. We're going to Mexico. It's just like, um, but no, like you said, like your discernment and whatever you believe in, like, you know, when you know, you know, there's something, there's a feeling there, there might be people around you telling you, but just, you know, in your heart when you know, um, and I'm so blessed and so grateful that you came on and shared your story. Um, and the good thing about this podcast, and we tell our listeners all the time, like everyone has a story. 
and someone's story could be healing for someone else to hear. So when we invite you guys um, to listen and to come on and talk about your topics, you know, your story may be ordinary to you, but it might be extraordinary and life-saving to someone else. I mean, look, she fell in love in a pandemic. <laughs> listen, <laughs> it got married in like a whole night. Um, you know, and, and it might not be that fast for you, but it's definitely encouraging to hear that if you're open and willing to receive, in our case, God's message or a higher power, whoever is that for you, for you to hear it, um, just listen to it. Like Anne said, open up your third eye, your discernment, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's our encouragement to you. So um, that's where we're going in this conversation. If you want to continue or be part of it, hit us up on the secrets of killing us at gmail.com, um, on Instagram and Facebook at the secrets of killing us. Um, let us know what you want to talk about. We're open to anything and everything. We're in season three, and um, this thing is just getting started, and we have so many more special guests coming up. Please thank you again. Um, sending love to you, Josh, and the entire family. And um, I can't wait to see you. And we're going to take all the selfies <laughs> and make Aunt so mad. Um, but also, fist <laughs> blocked for at least two weeks. Um, <laughs> so until next time, stay tuned. See you guys. Thank you.